What a cliffhanger that was on Friday Night Smackdown. My name's Alfonso McCree Jr. and this is the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. And coming up, I'm going to tell you exactly who John Cena's surprise tag team partner against the Bloodline is going to be at WWE Fastlane. And we're going to take a little deep dive into the career of Matt Riddle and why this release, well, it was about time. All that and more coming up on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, because we are officially on air. So another week and another episode of Friday Night Smackdown, and this time, the greatest of all time, who's actually being introduced as that by the ring announcers now, John Cena, he comes out and he says, you know what, tonight's a special night because I want to have a match and I want to have it against the Bloodline and AJ Styles is going to be my partner. And, you know, they do a little stare down with Jimmy and Solo and it's established for later on in the night. But then later on in the night, before the match uh, can happen, uh, you know, Paul Heyman is talking with Adam Pearce and he's like, hey, this match can happen. It's just not happening tonight. It's going to happen at Fastlane. Yeah. And, of course, Solo's like, I'm going to take care of this problem before we even get to Fastlane. So, they're scheduled to do some type of contract signing beforehand. And John Cena comes out. He's waiting for AJ Styles to come out. Uh, AJ Styles doesn't come out. And then it's revealed that he's getting beat up by Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, who take him out of action, put him uh, in a hospital bed. And now John Cena doesn't have a partner and uh, Solo and Jimmy beat John Cena down, too. It was like a really well-booked uh, segment uh, that leaves you on the cliffhanger of who the partner is potentially going to be. And now, here's the thing. It wasn't even supposed to be a cliffhanger, though. Because we have the answer here at Manifest Wrestling about who was supposed to be the surprise tag team partner and who it's going to be at Fastlane, barring any other setbacks. It is none other than the megastar, L. A night, yeah, he's supposed to be the surprise tag team partner. But the reason he wasn't revealed tonight or last night or Friday, gosh, it doesn't matter. You're listening to this on whatever day you're listening to it. The reason he wasn't revealed on September 22nd, 2023, as a surprise ta- partner for John Cena at Fastlane against the Bloodline is because he got COVID. He got COVID. So he wasn't on the show tonight because he got sick covid rearing its ugly head yet again it just won't go away for good but you know what i kind of like how they bounced back how they booked the show around this they had a lot of really good booking decisions tonight or last night or on september 22nd 2023 they had a lot of great booking decisions that i'm gonna go over but this one was one of the best ones because you know, they were definitely hit with like a curveball, right? They didn't expect LA Knight to have COVID when he arrived at the arena, but he did. And as a result, they had to do what WWE does best, call an audible. And I think that the segment that they did actually makes the bloodline look very, very strong. Like, man, Cena needs a partner. He tried to take them both on one on two, and it just was not happening. Solo and Jimmy are just too strong together. The bloodline is too strong. And you have to really question, you know, what is going to happen to involve 
Roman Reigns. Now, we've seen in the past few weeks LA Knight call out Roman Reigns. Well, Survivor Series again. It's coming up, man. It's a big four pay-per-view. It's in Chicago. You got to think they're going to try everything in their power to make sure Roman Reigns is on that show. Now, he's not on TV a lot every week now, as we all have gotten accustomed to over the past three years. But this is the time, man. He's got to be at this pay-per-view. It's in Chicago. It's at the All-State Arena. You got to have your big dog there. Um, And to have him face LA Knight would be fantastic. LA Knight's hot right now. You don't want him to lose steam middling around in the in the mid card. So, hey, why not pull the trigger right now? Give him that match. Of course, he's not going to win the title, but it does not matter. It's LA Knight. It's the it's who the people are cheering for right now. And this is a great way to build towards that story. You build towards it by having him interfere in bloodline business, therefore causing a problem. And you're already starting to sow the seeds of a different story with Paul Heyman potentially you know, kind of, um, he's kind of teasing that he might want to, you know, uh, hitch his wagon to the stallion called LA Knight. Now, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with, with that story? But these are intriguing things that could be going down. I don't expect LA Knight to become universal champion uh, out of any of this, but I do expect LA Knight to be positioned to be in the main event of a big four pay-per-view pretty soon. He's already internally listed as the top baby face on SmackDown. Got to pull the trigger. Have to. Um, and that's going to lead us to the rest of the show, which, you know, it was, like I said, a really well-booked show. So what I'm really liking about this Grayson Waller and Austin Fury tandem that they're putting together. Grayson Waller talks a lot about the Grayson Waller rub. Like, oh, you come on the Grayson Waller effect, you get the Grayson Waller rub and this, that. Nobody needs that Grayson Waller rub more than Austin Theory does because Austin Theory really is the stereotypical heel. There's nothing really that stands out about him, but Grayson Waller has a lot that stands out about him. Grayson Waller is excellent, okay? And I don't think that Grayson Waller gets hurt by the pairing of them two. And I don't think that Austin Theory is going to get any worse with the pairing of them two. I think he can only get better. And I, I really want to see where that goes. Of course, they're, you know, as a as a tag team, as they're building this tag team, of course, they're going to eventually be going for the tag titles. So that should be fun. They're both really good in the ring. Now, I've talked to some of my fellow wrestlers in training, some with like a lot of experience that have been wrestling for a while. And they don't think Austin Theory is all that great in the ring. Me, I just started, so I think he's really good in the ring because everybody's better than me at this point in my career. But uh, you, you know, I, I think I think the tandem with with those two, I think that's going to uh, lead to some pretty good things for them both. And speaking of tag teams, the Street Profits, they're going to be going full heel anytime now. Okay, they lost their match this week to Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar, and that really really ticked off Bobby Lashley. Who's like, you know what, if you guys can't get the job done, I'll find somebody who can. Which is going to lead to the Street Profits having no choice but to step up their game. That's what's going to have to happen. And the only way for them to step up their game is to go through a character shift, which is going to lead to a heel turn. And uh, it's a long time coming. Because again, I think Montez Ford is a big superstar of the future. I'm just not seeing it in Angelo Dawkins right now. And maybe a heel turn is what Angelo Dawkins needs in order to take that step towards superstardom and be seen as like a real player in singles competition. Because right now, he's just looking like the second guy in a tag team. And I, I don't 
really think that's, you know, I don't think that's his ceiling. I just think that's where he is right now in his current form. But he can also evolve. We've seen it before through other superstars. I don't doubt that we'll see it again. And, uh, yeah, that, that was that was SmackDown. They also had a really, really great uh, women's championship match. EO Sky and Asuka tore the house down. EO retaining, which I love. I love that decision. They're really making sure they book her strong. And uh, she's deserved that title run for a long time. I mean, her work in NXT, if you've seen it, is second to none. She is one of the best uh, NXT women's champions that they've had come through the brand. And, you know, now that success is replicating itself onto the main roster. And it's working. She's over with the crowd. That music and entrance is really, really good. Uh, the, the sirens that started off, I think, are indicative of, like, a main event player. Like, music is very important. You know, all the best stars in history have had iconic music. I think EOS Guys is getting up there. I really do. You know, of course, it doesn't have any words with it. But not all, you know, great entrance music has words. And, um, you know, sometimes it's just a catchy instrumental, and hers is that. And then she goes out into the ring, and she delivers like she does. I mean, I can't complain about anything that she's doing. She's doing a spectacular job. Uh, But, you know, SmackDown consistently has been, since it moved to Fox, one of the best uh, booked shows on television. Uh, The stories that they tell, quality, um, you know, the top stars that you really want to see always make a stop on SmackDown. Uh, You know, they've done a good job to now balance it out. You know, you got Cody, Seth, and you've got, you know, Jey Uso on Raw now, along with McIntyre, Sammy, and KO. So, like, that that show is catching up now, but for a while, if you guys remember, it was really just Fox. Fox was doing all of the great work, and that really hasn't changed much. You know, when I tune into SmackDown, I feel like, you know, they're an hour shorter, but they do so much more with their time. And, you know, I, I know that's one of the things Triple H was saying that he would want to change if he ever gained control of WWE. Now, there's a lot of money at stake with that kind of thing. You know, you drop the show an hour, that's an hour of revenue lost. So I don't see that changing anytime soon. I don't see Raw going back to two hours, but I would love it to go back to two hours. One, because it would be easier for me to watch so that I can produce a podcast weekly, but also because I feel like SmackDown just does so much more with one less hour. I feel like the time that they fill is so much higher quality. With Raw, you have so much filler stuff that is just so skippable. You know, Giovanni Vinci and Tommaso Ciampa just had the lowest rated match as far as viewers, the number of viewers. They had the lowest amount of viewers in Raw history ever that's that's crazy those are two really good wrestlers but it's just filler it's like who needs to see that match in order to establish Tommaso Ciampa as a contender for the Intercontinental Championship it's completely unnecessary you don't need that match in in a two-hour span in a two-hour time window that match would not happen and if that match did happen it would be over in like five minutes you know but with Raw you have so much time that you have to fill like you do have quality stuff there but you start off with like this great segment in the beginning you know whether it's a promo or a great match or something like that but then it sets up something that's not going to be happening for another two and a half hours and it's like yo oh my gosh like what the this show is like really long it feels long you know what i mean even when they do their special shows like raw 25 raw 1000 
Raw is 30, all that stuff that they did, the shows just felt so long because it's three hours. It's three hours of time to fill. And you have to try your best to make sure everything that you're trying to fill it with is quality. But unfortunately, not everything on the show gets over. There's a lot of stuff on the show that the fans in attendance just aren't very interested in. And honestly, it's to a deficit, you know, because Raw, when when they produce the show, they like to show these crowd shots, especially during entrances, where they'll show like a wide shot of the arena and you'll just see no fans standing up at all for some of these stars. I feel like you should only use that camera angle when you got your big stars coming out. Other than that, hide the crowd, man. Only show the people on the floor seats because those are the one, those are the only ones that like to stand up the whole show. Don't show like everybody else because that makes me at home as a fan watching feel like what I'm watching isn't important because the fans in the arena don't seem to care either. So why should I care? It's an honest question. Why should I care? I mean, they'll get up for Rhea Ripley. They'll get up for the Judgment Day. They'll get up for Sammy and KO, for Drew. Uh, sometimes they'll get up for the New Day. They always get up for Cody and Seth and Jey Uso. Show crowd shots. Then, not when you're having, I don't know, Shayna Baszler come out and nobody's reacting. Or having the Viking Raiders come out and nobody's reacting. Why are you showing the crowd? It's so weird to me. I could go on and on and on about some of these things that they're doing wrong. But instead, I'd like to go to a break so I can talk to you about everything that Matt Riddle did wrong that led up to his WWE release. Unfortunately, it's been a long time coming for Matt Riddle because I don't like to see anybody lose their job under any circumstance that's negative. And this seems to be a negative circumstance. And we're going to talk all about it when we come back on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Network. Stay tuned. We will be right back in a second. Welcome back to the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. Unfortunately, this past week, we had a lot of releases in WWE, including Elias, Dolph Ziggler, Shelton Benjamin. Aaliyah, Emma, Riddick Moss, Top Dollar, just to name a few. But the latest one that is making the most rounds is the release of Matt Riddle. And if you've been following any of the dirt sheets over the years, you'll know that this one isn't a big surprise. Matt Riddle has been in a lot of trouble for all the wrong reasons. I mean, there's hardly ever a great reason to be in trouble when you're in his position. But He's been, he's been in trouble a lot over the past few years. And honestly, I believe it all started with his rivalry with Goldberg. I think that really rubbed people the wrong way. Now, when if you're not familiar with this, when Goldberg was making his comeback into WWE, Matt Riddle had a lot to say about Goldberg. Now, was the information that he was saying true? Partially, yes. He was talking about how unsafe Goldberg had been in the ring over the years. And yes, Goldberg has injured people. Yes, Goldberg is responsible for ending the career of Bret Hart. Ask Bret Hart. He'll tell you all about it over and over and over again. Yes, Goldberg is not exactly the safest in the ring. But what Goldberg is, 
is a WWE Hall of Famer and a legend and somebody with a lot of say backstage when he is signed with the company. I believe his contract is up, but at the time of this Twitter rivalry with Matt Riddle, which really wasn't even a rivalry because Goldberg really wasn't saying much back. It was mostly just Riddle. But during this time, Goldberg was very much a legend in the company and being treated as so. Riddle went on Twitter and said a lot of disparaging things about Goldberg and his work inside the ring. That's the first no-no. Even if you're saying something that's true, you have to read the room. You have to understand what exactly it is that you're doing and who you're talking about and what their stature and placement is in the company that you're working for. You're not just some fan like me, right? When I, when I started this podcast, I had an understanding that it might hurt my ability to get a job in any of these companies in the future, but that's something that I had to make peace with because at the end of the day, I have to speak truth and speak my mind. And Riddle apparently wanted to do the same thing, but dude, you were signed to WWE. That is not the time to be doing that. So that was already a strike. And then you add in with that two failed drug tests. That's two strikes. That was one away from getting fired anyway. And then he had a bunch of situations with uh, the messy public divorce uh, from his wife and her accusations on social media. Now, again, that is the unfortunate circumstance of being a famous person. Your personal business is never personal, unfortunately, and it's always going to be a public relations nightmare if it's something bad. And that's why it matters. Because to me, I don't care about his divorce, right? Like, that doesn't factor into how I see Matt Riddle as a person because I don't know him personally. But from what I have read, I understand the information that has been revealed to the public, and so does the public. And WWE knows that the public knows this. And therefore, it's bad PR because you have a guy who's playing a babyface on television, right? So that's money, that's t-shirts, that's toys, that's all types of merchandise, ticket sales, all that stuff. He is playing a babyface. He is being accused of very heelish behavior off screen. Children that attend these shows now in 2023 all have social media accounts for the most part. Parents are a lot less strict than they used to be about the internet. So these kids have access to the, to the internet and they have access to this information. They are seeing this information. When they see this information, they are no longer wanting to support Riddle. That is bad PR. That is affecting the bottom line. That's another strike. Then you have the stuff with the nude leaks and the uh, adult content video that was hacked. Again, stuff that's not really Riddle's fault because he's not leaking this stuff himself, but it's stuff that is happening and it's once again affecting the bottom dollar. And that's really all that matters to a corporate company. Because, again, they can say you're family, they can say you're this, you're that. You might be family to the people on your level, to your fellow wrestlers, maybe to your bookers and promoters. You are not family to that board of directors and the people that make the ultimate big decisions, like on contracts and things of that nature. You're not family to them. You're a number. You're an employee. 
And that number that you are is how much money, how much revenue you're bringing into the company. Because you're an investment. They are paying you upwards of millions of dollars to perform. How much money are you bringing them back on their investment? If the things that are happening in public are affecting that bottom dollar, it doesn't matter if it's your fault or not. That is going to affect you in a negative way. Ask Soraya, who had all of her sex tapes leaked. Wasn't by her. I think we all know who it was. I won't say it on here just in case it wasn't him so I don't get sued. But I think we all have a pretty good idea of who leaked Soraya's videos out into the internet. Guess what? That negatively affected her career for a long time. Thank God she's back on her feet in AEW. And she's the AEW Women's World Champion right now. But that, that didn't look very likely for a long time. It certainly wasn't going to happen in WWE. Why? Because unfortunately, in some of those videos, the Women's Championship of NXT was in those videos. Again, bad PR. So, Riddle, all these things with his mess in his personal life, the failed drug tests, literally having an issue with Seth Rollins, a real-life issue with Seth Rollins because of something that Riddle's girlfriend at the time or wife at the time had said about Becky Lynch. So the top guy, one of the top guys in our company has a problem with you now. Now that's another strike. You're like five, six strikes at this point. And then finally, less than two weeks ago, Riddle had an encounter at JFK International Airport on his way back from India, from the Superstar Spectacle, in which he was allegedly heavily intoxicated and causing issues that caused JFK officers to have to be called to the scene. Again, bad PR. Whether it was your fault or not, I don't know if any of these situations were. At the end of the day, when you are starting to affect the bottom dollar, you gotta go. And the reports that are coming out now are reflecting what I'm saying. That Riddle was released because he had, quote, burned too many bridges in WWE. Let this be a lesson to myself, to anybody aspiring to be a professional wrestler, to anybody aspiring to be a part of anybody's company. When you work for somebody, you have to understand that, unfortunately, even when you are not in that ring, even when you are not on that clock, you are a representative of that company. We have seen it time and time again over the past decade. Somebody getting caught on camera doing or saying something racist. Somebody finding out who that person is, finding out where they work. Next thing you know, that person is fired from their job. Why? Because Petco is not going to sit here and be accused of supporting this behavior. Walmart is not going to be sitting here accused of supporting this behavior wwe is not going to be sitting here accused of supporting this behavior it can't happen it affects the bottom dollar and when you affect the bottom dollar guess what all that family stuff goes out the window now you are just a number because you have made yourself just a number and now you're gone just like the rest of them i really hope riddle 
falls on his feet somewhere. Lands on his feet somewhere, not falls. I hope he lands on his feet somewhere. Because he is extremely talented. He's charismatic. I don't know much about him personally, so I'm not going to say he's a good dude or he's a bad dude. I don't know. He plays a great dude on television. So I know he has the capability of being a good person in him. So hopefully, he's able to find that within himself, move forward, discover other opportunities, and make something of his career. And not only that, make something of his life in a really positive way. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It's all about life, leaving a positive mark, leaving this world better than the way you found it. That's what we're all here trying to do. Hopefully, Riddle is able to find a way to do that. But please, everyone, all my listeners, all my viewers, please take a lesson from this and understand nobody is invincible. You mess up enough times, you have enough bad juju around you, enough times things like this will happen. And that's just the bottom line. There's no way to avoid it. I will see you guys next time on the Manifest Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. Alfonso McCree Jr., A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O-M-C-C-R-E-E Jr. And you can bet on me and the Believe Network. If you haven't subscribed to this YouTube channel, go ahead and do that. If you haven't followed us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff, go ahead and do that as well. Do all of it. Follow me on Instagram, on Twitter, Alfonso McCree Jr. on Instagram, and just Alfonso McCree on Twitter. I think I'll start posting some more on there. If you guys follow the page, but only if you follow, I'm not going to be on there talking to myself. What do I look like? Come on now. Talking to America, talking to the world. I'm doing it here on Manifest Wrestling. Stay safe. Stay blessed. I'll see you guys next time. Peace.